Hello, champs, and welcome to another episode of the Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast presented by Keeping Carlson. I am your host, Louis Ezekiel, joined tonight by the one, the only, Elon Dubrovsky. Elon, how are you doing this fine Thursday evening? <laughs> this fine, fine Thursday. I'm doing great, Louis. <laughs> Glad to get that catchphrase in. Really excited to come back and, uh, you know, fill in for Ben on this week's Short Shifts. We've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get right into it here. And uh, I want to start with one of maybe the more surprising uh, outcomes of the night so far. I know we do a lot of this mid-game stuff, but this one seems more or less wrapped up here. And that is the New Jersey Devils absolutely blitzing the Pittsburgh Penguins. Another rough night for Tristan Jari and two hot lines for the Peng- uh, for the Devils, I should say. Um, obviously, uh, the, the Brat line and then the Hughes line, um, both very productive here this evening. Um, you know, I, Ben has accused me of being a devil's hater, so I want to make sure I'm going on record here early and saying a really impressive performance by the devils. Yeah, I mean, before Brat and Hughes were together and were doing so well together, and as someone who has Jesper Brat in the cacuffle, I was maybe a little bit worried that, like, uh, you know, with these new lines, maybe splitting them up, maybe that wouldn't be as good for Brat. But uh, that was quashed pretty quickly because he came back from his injury and this long break from the Devils. Feels like they haven't played in forever. And uh, two goals right away to start the game on his line with Nico Hishier, uh, which is a guy who I was able to get as a free agent in Tier 1 of the cacuffle. He was dropped because the Devils weren't playing very much so anyone listening if you are in a league where Nico Heischer was dropped I think the the window's closing fast right but he might still be available for you so definitely pause the pod and go grab him because he's having himself a night uh goal and two assists uh that power play where you know that's where they get the exposure to Hughes and just recently I see a goal Heischer assisted by Hughes and Brat on the power play by the way another interesting thing about that power play man it's so interesting to talk about the Devils because we haven't talked about them for so long and they've gotten all these players back Dougie Hamilton is back uh so Jesper Brad is back both of them were out I think Andres Janssen was out but I mean no one no one cares about him at this point but also Dougie Hamilton Hamilton returning, but he doesn't have any points, and Damon Severson has a goal on the power play from the top power play unit, so I wonder if this is just, you know, Hamilton being eased back in, or maybe they liked what they saw with what Severson was doing while Hamilton was out, so this is definitely an interesting development, kind of reminds me of, like, Jacob Chikorin in Arizona, how it seemed like it was he was, like, the obvious top power play guy, and then all of a sudden, Gossip Hair took the job, and you're like, that's not gonna last, and then it did. I'm not saying that's going to happen here for the Devils, but it's something I'm, I'm watching. It's obviously going well so far today against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I would still be a little cautious there, certainly just because, you know, Hamilton definitely has a, a longer track record of success. So I think we can count on him uh, taking over, uh, you know, uh, more fully soon. Um, but yeah, you know, could be just an issue of, you know, getting his, his feet back under him. They're, they've all been off for quite a while, but certainly uh, Hamilton has been out longer than the others. Uh, one more name worth mentioning, I think, on this Devils team, and probably the least owned of the real um, effective, you know, players who are producing right now is Igor Sharangovich. Uh, he was down only at nine percent, which was surprising to me, given the hot streak he's been on. Another goal tonight. Uh, if he sure isn't available, Sharangovich might be a guy that you want to take a look at. Uh, just because he has been on quite the run as well, lining up next to Jack Hughes at even strength. And, and Hughes very much, you know, Hughes and Heesh are kind of a couple, uh, you know, uh, top overall picks who are now starting to to break out a little bit. 
Yeah, definitely. If you could get Sharon Govich, I feel like he's someone we've mentioned a lot on the podcast. So I don't think anyone's surprised to hear us mentioning him. One guy we haven't mentioned for a while is the other player on that line with Hughes and Sharon Govich, Dawson Mercer, who also has a goal today. So there's a lot of fun over here for anyone rostering Devils. And so I think you want to get in on basically anyone in this top six. So just to summarize, it's Hughes with Sharon Govich and Mercer, and then Brat with Heesher and Pavel Zaka, who's also getting points today. Obviously, you want to, you know, make sure to get the top power play first if you can. But if not, any of those other top sixers, you want and that leaves like your Janssens and your Tatars those are the ones you can forget about the Nathan Bastions who at some point he was getting rostered in some leagues but yeah those six guys I'm interested in all of them yeah absolutely and and you know nothing cures your terrible goalie woes like you know coming out the gate and scoring a whole bunch I think they they really had the penguins on their heels today and I think it's worth bringing up kind of the flip side of that coin as as impressive as the devils have been you know this is another data point here for a bit of a cold streak for Tristan Jari who was a fantasy darling to start the season he started so hot was playing so many games um, but really has, has struggled lately. Sub 900 save percentage in eight of his last 15 games and now five of his last seven starts, including being pulled in the second after the Devils scored their fifth goal here on Thursday. He also sports a negative goal saved above average in nine of those last 14 games, meaning an average goalie facing similar shots from similar places would have performed better. You know, uh, started as hot as any goalie in the league, but is really in the midst of a w- midseason swoon. Uh, should GMs be worried? Is now a time to buy low potentially if he's struggling, but we think he's gonna, you know, come back and, and improve upon what he's doing. What are your thoughts on Jari? Advice for Jari owners in this uh, challenging moment. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I can't predict. That's the thing with goalies. It's so impossible. But it is weird. There's a bunch of goalies who were so amazing to start the year that all of a sudden are just blowing up their managers. Like Jack Campbell was like one of the top guys. Now he's been struggling a little bit. John Gibson, we talked about on the show. Uh, uh, Alex Nijelkovic had that great start. He's really been struggling lately. I don't know. Mike Smith. I can't, I don't know. He had a really good start for like three games and then got injured. And now it doesn't seem like he's an NHL goalie anymore. So I don't know what's going on with Jari. I feel like he's done so well for so long and also he's like super entrenched as a starter that I definitely wouldn't be you know dropping him like that's not even a question obviously you're going to be a little bit concerned but I'm not like that concerned you know like I feel like it's only three games now like three bad games in a row maybe they should have given DeSmith the start today Uh, so I don't know like maybe in the very short term DeSmith like gets the next game for Pittsburgh but if, if I had Jari I wouldn't be too too concerned but definitely it would be on my radar and I'd be like I really hope this doesn't continue don't forget these are games against Toronto Carolina and now this New Jersey team that was like the most rested team of all time so I wonder if it was just like some bad luck maybe the Penguins aren't playing so well against these strong teams and that's something to be concerned about but at the same time hopefully uh, Pittsburgh gets some, some easier competition to help Jari get some confidence back yeah, a lot of these guys you mentioned have been carrying quite a heavy workload. Um, UC Saros is another name we could add to that list who has been pretty average lately, not maybe with really bad starts necessarily, but not kind of the really sterling performances we had seen uh, previously. So, you know, yeah, maybe. And, and Jack Campbell obviously had started a ton of games in a row and then started to fall off. Uh, and now Mrazek is getting some more starts. We'll talk about uh, the the Toronto goalies a little bit later. But yeah, it could also just be an issue of of maybe being a little bit overworked. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, uh, let's let's talk about a few injuries here. We've got some injury updates as well as some new ones that were recently announced. Uh, we'll start at Columbus, where Zach Wierenski suffered a U, an upper body injury of some kind. Uh, he's not traveling with the team for at least this two-game road trip uh, that Columbus is on right now. Uh, they are up big on Florida right now, and they have got uh, Carolina, I believe, tomorrow as well. Um, this opens up another opportunity uh, for Adam Boquist, who has been the next man up uh, in the occasions where Zach Wierenski has had to be out for, you know, a few game stretches so far this season. Uh, on those five goals, he's managed an assist and a few hits, so nothing super, but good to see him get in on some of that offense. Uh, you know, Boquist not super widely owned, so uh, always a good opportunity. And especially lately, I feel like with the uh, offense that, we've been seeing out of Columbus, like they've actually been a pretty exciting offensive team uh, over the last several weeks, especially now that line a uh, is playing every game. Like he is playing in Helsinki, uh, I think is how I put it on Twitter. Uh, just been really mm-hmm. exciting to see line a capture, recapture some of his uh, high scoring form that he had for a while there in Winnipeg, um, you know, and, and the cast of characters around him, you know, especially Boone Jenner, uh, I think has been really exciting this season as well. Uh, you know, maybe besides yes, for Brat, one of the most out of nowhere great seasons that we're seeing. Yeah, Columbus, this is super impressive, right? It's like five minutes to go, and they're now ahead six to three against the Panthers. So you could have made a lot of money if you bet on this game, especially because the Blue Jackets goalie is once again JF Barube, who shouldn't even be in the league. Like, no one would have expected him. He's not even the third stringer, he's the fourth stringer. And look at him having another gem of a game. He's going to get another win. He's already becoming someone that I don't know. It's hard to recommend riding him just because Merzlikens is like back with the team and could be back any game now. And, uh, you know, eventually Tarasov, or I know that Corpusal is on the IR. So I'm not sure like how if those guys are still going to be a while, in which case maybe Barube can stick around as a backup. But you got to imagine they're going to try to get Merz Lickens back in there. Uh, but yeah, as far as some of the other players you mentioned, so Adam Boakvist taking over on the top power play. I mean, it's a good spot. Like it's There's some good players here. You have Voracek, Jenner, Bjorkstrand, and Line are the forwards on this power play unit. No goals today of the six goals by uh, Columbus. None of them were on the power play. But like I said, Boakvist has got a power play assist. But Columbus still plays two games left this week. So if you're listening to this on Friday, you could get a Friday-Sunday stream, which is always harder to find, you know, late in the week. Uh, but, you know, I mean, don't expect anything crazy, but I think he's someone somewhat interesting that's rosterable while Wierenski is injured. Did, yeah. I, did I cover everything? I guess I'll mention Bjork- Bjorkstrand, right? He's someone who's just like been hot and cold all season. So a goal and assist today against uh, Florida. So nice for him. Just it's a it's another great day to be rostering Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets so far and Devils are your two teams you want to have people on right now. Yeah, pretty exciting. Um, Bjorkstrand's goal, a bit of a gift because it looks like it was an empty netter uh, with six minutes left to go in the game. So Bruno doing some favors for uh, for Columbus scores, uh, wow. you know, giving them a nice opportunity there. But yeah, they had they had gotten up to five to three, so I can understand why you might pull the goalie there, uh, especially with the offense that Florida's got. But outmatched today uh, by that sizzling offense out of Columbus. Uh, so let's look at another injury that we talked about last uh, show, which was the injury to Tony D'Angelo. Uh, we got confirmation today that he would be out with this upper body injury. And I guess it sounds like a midsection injury of some kind. He's going to be out for about a month. Uh, we talked about Slavin as an opportunity on Tuesday, but given this news that TDA is out for four weeks uh, around that amount, uh, should that add any urgency to people running out to add Jacob Slavin? 
So I think so. Like, I don't think it's like a hundred percent guarantee that Slavin holds that top power play the whole time. Either way, he's going to get huge minutes. He already has been getting huge minutes all season, but in this last game against Philly, he played 29 minutes and one second. And like the game before 27 minutes, we can be looking at a huge amount of ice time and you're bound to get, if you're playing half the game and Carolina's the team that they are that scores so many goals, you're very likely to get at least a point. He's now on a run of like, what is it? Five points in his last five games. But it's like, even if you go back in the box in the game, logs you're seeing lots of points from Slavin recently now he's got a great opportunity so I really just can't imagine a reason why you wouldn't want him unless it's like a super shallow league obviously keep watching the lines and if he loses his power play spot I think he's still rosterable just because of this ice time and how crucial he is to the team so yeah like sucks for Tony D'Angelo and for people who are rostering him I actually have him in my dynasty league here's a new trick I've learned that I never knew before but I went into the group chat and I like complained and whined about it and I was like man right before the playoffs and D'Angelo's injured poor me you know like just wanting sympathy and then one of the rebuilding teams reached out to me and was like hey I've got Klingberg I see you have you need somebody we worked out a deal I just uh, sent a couple of picks in 2023 got Klingberg so I'm not even so worried about D'Angelo now I hope he doesn't come back so I don't even have roster space for him right now our cap room so uh i don't know just a tip whine and and cry and maybe you might be able to get something yeah well you know the squeaky wheel gets the grease right so if you let people know what you need and that you're short on d then uh yeah somebody who is looking to offload one may may go ahead and reach out to you um let me ask you out of a few defensemen that we've been talking about on your show and on our show uh recently who've kind of assumed uh new power play one positions out of boquist uh uh, Slavin and Josh Morrissey, who interests you the most? Ooh. Uh, okay. Well, Morrissey is like long term potential, right? Like, this could be like, because in the cupful, we still have, I think, five matchups after this one or four matchups before the playoffs. So by then, D'Angelo could be back. Uh, what was it? Bokefist? Yeah, Wierenski could be back. Like, but Morrissey could just keep holding that spot and he's been doing really well. So I'm just going to have him number one. Then give me Slavin. Like, Bokefist is just like, a fun stream, you know, like I think he's has potential, but he's not like someone that I'm expecting to go bonkers, right? So he'd and I'd have Severson ahead of uh Bulkfist as well. Oh yeah, interesting one to add. So what do we have? So what did I say then? So Morrissey, Slavin, Severson, Bulkfist. That's my order. Do you agree? Yeah, I think that's about how I'd put him. I I do think that Severson maybe belongs in that fourth spot just because he well, no, because he at least has been productive and you know, we could see Hamilton take back his spot just as quickly as uh, Wierenski returns. And Wierenski is obviously the no-doubter power play one guy for for Columbus. So, yeah, I think they belong. Those two are pretty close to me. But I think I, think I agree with your, your list overall there. One more injury that we wanted to discuss, and this one uh, kind of came out of nowhere. I didn't see anything about this up until it was announced. But uh, Jared McCann placed on injured reserve with an upper body injury. Uh, they hope that he is not out for too long. Uh, Yanni Gord also was a game time decision for Thursday. In the meantime, that means Kelly Yarncrock hits line one, power play one. He's been on a nice little roll here, six points in the last seven games. What do you think about this? Is this one of those kind of injuries like, you know, that just hurts the whole team and, and makes you a little down on all the players involved? Or is this an exciting chance for Yarncroak, even if it means most of their offense is getting, you know, shuffled onto this top, uh, top line here? Uh, how do we interpret? How, what should we do with this information? 
Yeah, Seattle's been one of these weird teams where I've had trouble, like, following them too closely this season. I don't know what it is. Like, none of the players are really popping. You're like, you could ask me, like, how many points does Eberly have? I, he could be on, like, a 60-point pace or a 40-point pace, and I wouldn't be surprised with either. I know he was, like, hot for a while. I'm actually just going to check here, because now, with McCann out, I guess Eberly is kind of, like, the star forward left. He has 30 points in 51 games. Oh, so 48-point pace. There you go. So a little bit lower than maybe I was thinking. So really, everyone on this team is boring. I know that Giordano is having a good run lately so he's probably the most exciting roster guy to have on on seattle that includes their goalies who have been absolutely terrible uh so then the question was like is cali Yarncrock interesting like i mean if the schedule works for you i'm not like dropping everything and rushing and tripping over myself and whatever other cliches i could come up with to get cali Yarncrock. but you know what does he have 21 points in 41 games like you said he had a assist in the last game against the islanders he got uh top power play time which is nice, something 80 percent of the power play time so that's a bit of a increased opportunity he's had a little bit of a run lately like you said so sure in a deep league uh, i guess you can go for yarn crock i'm interested to check the schedule really quickly just to see if it's even worthwhile to give this recommendation three to games next week Three games next week. Okay. Plus, you can get a Sunday stream. So, yeah, maybe grab the sun. Ooh, is it a wraparound? Let's see. Do they play Monday next week? Uh, they do not. No. So, okay. So, you can maybe stream them in for Sunday. Honestly, then drop them. And then, like, if you want to grab them back for Wednesday, depending on who your other options are next week, and then drop them again. And then maybe you can get them on the weekend of Saturday, Sunday, which is already going into March. Maybe that's worthwhile. But by then, maybe McCann is back. Yeah. I, obviously, for, for Seattle, they certainly hope to get their leading score back as soon as they can. Um, you know, uh, we've been seeing actually, it seems like a lot of that scoring has been coming either from the top power play or from that second line. Not a whole lot of even strength action, uh, on that top line, it seems like lately. But yeah, maybe, maybe Yarncruck can bring something that, uh, you know, those other guys on the top line besides McCann have been missing a little bit. You know, one thing that's interesting about Seattle, this is something I think I've mentioned on the podcast before. Something I like to do is to go to, uh, frozen tools or like frozenpool.dobbersports.com and on the main page they for every team just list like a couple players who are hot and a couple players that are cold so whenever I, like i'm thinking about a team i like to just kind of get a quick summary of what's going on there and seattle right now has none in the hot players <laughs> not even yarn i guess just didn't meet the cut uh grubauer adam larson and carson susie are listed in cold which isn't fair i'm sure that the algorithm isn't counting adam larson's hits and blocks but anyway yeah uh, that that goes to show you how exciting <laughs> seattle is right now What's been interesting, too, is at times that hot and cold list has had players on the same line like McCann and Eberly with McCann in the hot and, and Eberly in the cold. So <laughs> you're like, how are you? You know, just got to participate a little more, bud. You got to you got to do something to get yourself on there. Um, all right. Well, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll be talking about a couple different goalies as well as a hot streak in Arizona. You are listening to Short Shifts. Hey, Elon, I wanted to spend a little bit of time here talking about our sponsor, HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a farm-fresh, pre-portioned cooking delivery service. They bring pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need to easily customize your order online or in the app. You can easily change your delivery day, your food preferences, your plan size. You can skip a week whenever you need to. Uh, you know, we've been HelloFresh subscribers for a while. And when we're away for a week on vacation, you know, we can get it set to, uh, you know, skip a week there so that we don't have food rotting on our porch. We've actually had it delivered at a vacation destination so that we don't have to go shopping and we can just cook up the stuff that they deliver there. Really cool opportunities. 
they cut back on time spent in the kitchen with meals ready in about 30 minutes or less. Plus, you can get quick and easy meals that have 20-minute recipes if you're in a hurry. Low prep, easy cleanup options that provide an even faster route for putting food on the table. And you look good doing it. You know, the, the outcomes, are, the, the instructions are easy to follow and the outcomes look great. You can really make yourself look like a star in the kitchen when you are cooking with HelloFresh. Uh, and you I actually have a nice deal for you. You can go to HelloFresh.com slash Carlson16 and use the code Carlson16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That is HelloFresh.com slash Carlson16 and use code Carlson16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Once again, HelloFresh is our great sponsor for today's episode, and they are going to equip you with everything you need to be a superstar in the kitchen. That is why they are America's number one meal kit. And 16 for Carlson. That's the fewer than the number of days we're going to have to wait for Eric Carlson to come back to the roster on San Jose because I heard that he's less than two weeks away. So excited about that and excited about HelloFresh. But okay, uh, Lewis, let's get back into it. What do we got next? All right. Well, uh, we want to spend a little bit of time talking about some goalies. And we're going to start with a guy that you were expressing some disappointment at having missed out on. Our good friend Ben grabbed this guy in Cupful, and that is none other than continual whipping boy uh, Jordan Binnington. Uh, he managed to beat a crummy Philadelphia team on the second night of their back-to-back. He received some pretty effusive praise from Baruby. Uh, maybe to bolster the mental side of his game. Maybe it's goalie contract politics, but, uh, you know, he, he did manage to get that win. We were, you know, thinking that maybe if he got the win, uh, against New Jersey coming out of the all-star game break, that maybe he could get a few more starts for himself. That didn't happen. Huso continued to dominate the net, but, you know, given a, a really nice opportunity, uh, against a pretty simple, straightforward team, you know, that has been struggling, has a lot of injured players, was playing Martin Jones for the second night in a row. How much are we are we willing to look into this? Do we think that Bennington is going to be in for more of a share, you know, like a 50-50 starting set here moving forward? Uh, or should Huso managers be worried at all? I just think that Coach Barube has made it very clear that he's a big fan of Jordan Bennington. He thinks that Bennington is a a winner. He won a Stanley Cup, Lewis, and I think he wants Bennington to be his guy going into the playoffs. So he's doing whatever he can to try to get his confidence back. So uh, I would definitely be a little concerned as a Huso manager, just that I think even if Bennington stunk in that game against Philly, I still think that eventually Bennington would just keep getting chances. I guess eventually he'd burn a bridge. But yeah, the reason I was especially disappointed was just because I had a whole plan that morning that I was like, I'm, you know, I had my player ready to drop in a cupful. I was going to do a stream that day. I like, I knew it. And then I I said to myself, you know what, if Bennington gets confirmed as the starter, I think he'd be a good stream because if he does well, maybe he'll also get the next game. And so like, I had that whole plan in my brain and then stupid work got in the way and I had to go to meetings and stuff. And then next thing I know, like a meeting finished, I went to check and already like the, you know, the goalie had been announced and Ben had already snatched him up and now he's got himself a guy. That said, like, I mean, obviously Bennington has struggled a lot this year and it's really hard to get into a goalie's mental state. Like we know Bennington is like a good goalie. Like he's had really good runs of success, even just like earlier this season. So it's not like you just lose all your talent i think like especially as a goalie the mental game ha- is more prominent than even the skaters so maybe he's back maybe it was just like an easier game against a depleted philly team so we'll have to wait and see but i think the one thing we know for sure is that coach barube likes him a lot and wants to give him chances so as long as binnington can have a good game i think that barube will keep putting him in 
Yeah, I think, I think that makes, that's a really good point. And I'm with you there. It, it does seem like, you know, the way he's been talking about Bennington is he's sort of been waiting for that opportunity for him to kind of get his head on straight and get, you know, I think there's no, no surprise that he earned this start, you know, as an, as a great chance to kind of get himself back on track. Right. So yeah, I think, I think that was sort of the goal here. And, and now Bruby has a way to say, you know, Hey, he played really good in that last game. Maybe he deserves another start here. It could be just as much of a stinker as we've seen from some of his recent starts when he's up against a team that isn't starting their backup goalie in the second straight game <laughs> and isn't, you know, depleted by injuries. But, you know, it's, it's worth thinking about definitely, uh, keeping an eye on Biddington here. Uh, if he can go on a bit of a run and earn back some of that trust, I could definitely see it shifting, you know, closer to a 50-50 setup. Uh, another interesting back and forth that we've been having is Peter Mrazek got his second start in the last three games. Uh, you know, Toronto has a four game week and I definitely would not be surprised to see Jack Campbell get the next start. But after that really, really impressive start, you mentioned Jack Campbell at the start of the show as one of the goalies who has been struggling a little bit lately after going on, you know, quite a big workload. And it's been especially acute for the Leafs during this recent run. Since December 1st, the Leafs have the league's worst save percentage overall. So a great October, a great November, and it's been very choppy ever since. Uh, now, Mrazek just managed to get a three to one victory against the high flying Minnesota Wild. They got one goal against from that red hot second line with Fiala and Boldy and Gaudreau. Um, but other than that, he managed to shut the door. Um, are we, are we thinking that we'll continue to see a bit more of a, of an even split here between Campbell and Mrazek, at least until Campbell maybe rests up a little bit and regains his form? Yeah, I mean, when Brian and I were talking about this on the podcast, he kind of pointed out that when Mrazek has been healthy, they have been doing close to a 50-50 split. Like, maybe that was the plan the whole time. It just didn't look like it because Mrazek was injured. And so Campbell got that really big run earlier in the season, and he did so well. But yeah, Campbell's been struggling, but also Mrazek's been struggling, right? He had this good game against Minnesota. Before that, he led in five goals against Montreal, which obviously a lot of people probably thought that was an easy start, but they didn't realize this is the new Montreal Canadiens with Martin St. Louis as the coach, and now all of a sudden they're like one of the best teams in the league, apparently. But uh, yeah, I just think that the Leafs might be going closer to 50-50. I'd still lean Campbell long-term. Like I think he's the guy that they expect to be their starter, and they'd love to just get him back to you know his form from November and December. But for now, like Morazic seems like a good enough stream, though like you said, like probably Campbell gets the next game this week. So I don't know if you really hold on to Morazic. I think it's just the kind of thing that, yeah, they're probably going to not give either of them a heavy workload. So you have to manage that, like manage your expectations if you're rostering either of these guys. Yeah, I think a good opportunity when he is, you know, available and, you know, otherwise you can probably afford to let him go. I don't think, uh, you know, unless goalies are really, really, really valuable in your leagues, I don't know that it's worthwhile holding on to a guy who might, you know, is likely only to get half the starts and those starts may not be great. Like you said, uh, just one side note, I didn't have this in the show notes, but just wanted to make sure our listeners were aware too. You talked about those. Uh, high-flying Montreal Canadiens. They did suffer a bit of a setback in that most recent game uh, with injuries to Paul Byron and Josh Anderson, who has been part of that really hot top line. Um, I believe he was replaced by Mike Hoffman during that game. We don't have a ton of information uh, for how long Anderson is going to be injured for, or at least nothing that I saw. Um, but keep an eye on that, obviously. That's a, a bit of a disappointment because Anderson had been really on fire uh, he had that huge game to start things off, I believe, on on Monday. Um, so just something to keep an eye on uh, to see how long Anderson may be out for. 
Um, but some really nice production from him uh, in the meantime, and hopefully he can get back in there soon because it's just been really great to see some exciting hockey out of Montreal for the first time in a while. Yeah, I mean, the thing with Josh Anderson is he's been good, like you said, on that line with Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield might still be available in some listeners' leagues. Like, he was in free agency in all my leagues uh, up to, like, a couple weeks ago. He's His stat log is amazing right now. Like, he's got eight points in his last four games, five shots in the last game that went against Buffalo. So, hopefully, like, Josh Anderson being hurt if he's actually out a while doesn't, like, affect things. But at this point, I think you'd be pretty crazy not to rush and grab Caulfield if he's still available because he's flying high right now and I don't see a reason to not just hope that this can keep up at least somewhat like yeah whatever he's scoring on maybe like you know whatever he has all these goals four goals in his last four games not sustainable blah 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 high shooting percentage but he is taking shots so it's not as if we're seeing a guy getting like you know two shots a game but then scoring one like we're looking at like five and three shots per game so he's really interesting to me right now and definitely someone you want back on your roster if you can get him yeah there's regressing to the mean and then there's like screaming over to the other side of the graph which is kind of what he's been doing but like you said it's not like it's just been you know just just a, a shooting percentage bender. He's been he's been earning these opportunities, so that's great to see. Uh, one more player I wanted to talk about who is much more widely available than Cole Caulfield that might be interesting to you is Nick Schmaltz. Uh, and I just want to know, like, are we buying his production here? He's been getting the best deployment available in Arizona, lining up with Travis Boyd and Clayton Keller on line one. He's been getting power play one time. Uh, he's got four goals and three assists with one of each on the power play on just over 10 shots uh, during those last uh, six games, I believe. Obviously, he's not going to keep shooting 40 percent, um, but could we see Schmaltz become a better than waiver fodder 55 to 60 point pace for the remainder of the season? Is this a, a worthwhile guy to grab in deeper leagues? You know, at only 6% rostered, he's widely available for GMs who need to plug that open spot. And the Coyotes have Friday-Sunday games remaining this week, although only two games remaining, or two games next week against Colorado and Ottawa. So maybe not a long-term hold here, or maybe someone that you stream in and out of your lineup. But does he move the needle for you at all with this recent hot run? I mean, he's definitely interesting. And like you said, Arizona plays Friday, Sunday against Vegas and Winnipeg. So Vegas doesn't have Leonard. I don't know like how good their goaltending is going to be. Is either going to be Brassois or Thompson probably? Or maybe Leonard will come back. Actually, I heard that he was at skating. And then like, anyways, Winnipeg's not the most amazing defensive team. So it's like two decent opportunities. Uh, I would definitely stream him. And I'm not going to like, again, like say that now this is it. Like Nick Schmaltz is a superstar, but he's been playing with Clayton Keller, like you said. And Keller's been good. We were talking about Travis Boyd earlier in the season and a run that he was on. So I'm kind of interested in Schmaltz. Like, he's a guy who doesn't like shoot a ton which like limits his upside a little bit and then keep in mind that after this friday sunday slate arizona then doesn't play next week until thursday and they just go thursday saturday so i don't know if he's like good enough to actually hold past this weekend if you can stream in someone else but definitely interesting definitely on a good run and he was actually just dropped lewis in our uh best buds league i see kevin the couple coordinator himself dropped nick schmaltz i guess probably just to bring someone in off of ir because he didn't even add someone just today just like uh, right before we started recording this or are you how big of a waiver bid are are you going to be putting in to get Nick Schmaltz on your lineup? Well, I am out of moves in the Best Buds League because, unfortunately, every time I play you, my team decides they all want to get injured at the same time. So I uh, was trying to plug holes, and it was all for naught because I, I'm toast in that particular matchup. But 
Um, you know, I, I would definitely be interested in him if it wasn't for if I was still competitive. That Friday Sunday is very appealing. I know that Friday and Sunday this week are are busier than the Friday Sundays that we've seen in weeks previous. So it's not you know full on late week streamigami, but definitely uh, someone that I might put a buck or two on just to be able to pull in for those games. But yeah, the schedule next week is not super appealing. Um, so I might I might not be going all in or dropping someone of particular value. But if I've just got a rotating spot on the bottom of my lineup for this week, I think that he is someone that is definitely worth a grab. You know, you talked about him being a distributor and not a shooter. And I think that's true, but he had one heck of a feed to Clayton Keller for the first game in the uh, match against the Kings yesterday. Um, a little bit on the Kings defense for not playing so, so aggressively, but um, you know, was, was just a great feed and, and was a no doubter as soon as it left his stick that Keller was going to be able to bear it. So uh, at least the distributing side of things has looked pretty good as of late. And with that, Elon, we are out of time here for today. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. It has been a blast to have you. I uh, appreciate you filling in for Ben, who I hope that we will see back uh, behind the mic here in short order too. And we'll get to hear from you, obviously, with Brian on the mega show on Sunday. But uh, yeah, thanks so much for being here with us. Yeah, it was a blast. Now I'm looking through our free agency in our best buds league to see like how uh, Nick Schmaltz stacks up to the other available players. And honestly, like all my watch lists got taken this week. Like everyone stinks. So now I'm like especially interested in, hey, John Reed, if you're listening, he's my co-manager. We got to talk about Nick Schmaltz and whether or not we want to put a bid on uh, on this guy. But okay, this has been a blast. It's always crazy how fast these shows go whenever I join on short shifts. It's like, well, we just started. I want You were talking about Philly and how like they, you know, couldn't score any goals against Binnington, and then I was thinking, well, we now we, don't we have to talk about Cam Atkinson and his cold streak? But I guess you know what? that's gonna have to wait for the Sunday show. So that's coming up on the feed. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed to Keeping Carlson. Absolutely, and please give us a follow on Twitter at ShortShiftsKK. You can find my co-host Elon and Brian at Keeping Carlson, Dave Benton of the Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. Also recommend you follow the Game Day suite of accounts at Game Day Lines, at Game Day Goalies, and at Game Day News for all of your up to the minute information. Uh, please visit the great sites where we research our episodes at Yahoo, Frozen Tools, and Natural Stat Trick. Our intro and outro music was created by Pat Roach. And until we see you next time, play smart and keep your shifts short.